Hello and welcome to Exploring the Bible. I'm your host, Aston Harbison, and today we will be exploring the Roman Road. The Roman Road is a common tool used by many Christians to lead the lost to Jesus Christ. The reason we are looking at the Roman Road are twofold. First, if there are any lost tuning in to this podcast, this is a great introduction to the faith and could potentially lead them to the Lord. Secondly, this study will broaden our understanding of the Roman Road and will help us be better witnesses for the Lord. With that being said, our intent and purpose today is to learn why salvation is necessary, what the cost of salvation was, what we need to do to receive that salvation, and who exactly that salvation applies to. Our very first stop on the Roman Road is Romans chapter 3 verse 10, which states, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Paul is trying to stress the point here that everybody sins, and he does this by quoting Psalms 14, 1 through 3, as well as Psalms 53, 1 through 3. Psalms 15, or 14, 1 through 3 says, The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. It is stated throughout the Bible that all men sin, and there is evil in all of our hearts. Verses like 1 Kings chapter 8 verse 46, Proverbs 29, Ecclesiastes 7.20, Mark 10.18, Romans 3.18 and 23, and 1 John 1.8, all reinforce this point made by Paul that none are good except for God. But how can this be possible when verses like Genesis 6-9, Job 1-1, Psalm 24-3-4, Psalm 86-2, Luke 6-45, 1 John 2-1, and 1 John 3, 6-9 all describe men as being good or perfect, pure, or even holy. What we have to realize is these terms have both a comparative meaning and an absolute meaning. Jesus himself explains to us that none are good in the absolute sense except for God in Mark chapter 10, verse 18 which says, And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is, God. Terms like perfect and, and holy most often translate to complete or whole, which is achieved when you accept salvation and the Holy Spirit resides in your heart. Good and holy usually describe a man or woman of God compared to other people. Because God is the only one that can be called good in the absolute sense, 
we move to our next stopping point on the Roman road. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. As a result of our inability to be perfect, each and every one of us falls short of the glory of God. Paul spends much time driving home this point in his letter to the church of Galatia. Galatians 3.22 says, But the scripture has concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to those that believe. Jewish Christians from Palestine had infiltrated the church, and they were teaching that the Gentile Christians were false because they did not adhere to the laws of Moses. Now, Paul warns the church, however, that if they wish the law to justify them, they better obey it to the letter in Galatians 3.11. The reason for this is because Jesus was the only man that ever fulfilled the law to its fullest extent, as the law was God's standard, and we could not possibly live up to it. Now, Romans 6.23 tells us, the cost of our failure. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is appointed unto every man to die because of our sin. I believe this means both physically and spiritually. If you were to die lost, you would be forever separated from the presence of God, experiencing a spiritual death. God, in His infinite grace, and love provided life for those that wish to accept it in his son Jesus. If we back up to Romans 5.12, we will see that sin has an origination point. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. This one man is, of course, Adam, when he disobeyed God and committed the very first sin. Genesis chapters 2 and 3 tell this story. As God told Adam when he placed him in the garden, death entered the world upon his failure. Now Romans 2, 7, 5, 17, and 21, James 1, 15, and 1 Peter 1, 3, and 4 compound upon this notion that the price of sin is death, but by the grace of God, we may receive eternal life. Now, it's because of this grace and this infinite love from God that we are able to receive salvation, because God sent His one and only Son to this world to die for us. Uh, we go to First John. I mean, we go to John chapter fifteen and thirteen where it says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus Christ came to this world to die for each and every one of us. In, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, it says, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son 
to be the propitiation for our sins. You know, with these two, with these two verses, we can see that first of all, there's no greater showing of love than to lay down the life, your life, for another. And we all know this, and most of us show appreciation for people that lay down their lives for us. Great examples of these are, are police officers and and our military members, but and our firefighters and, and so on and so forth, but Jesus Christ laid down his life for everybody that would accept him as their savior. Now that Jesus has paid the price for our sin, and he was put upon the cross, and he was killed, for our failures and our sin. Now we can receive that salvation that is offered by God. And the way that we, re we receive this salvation is by confessing our belief in Jesus Christ. If, you go, if we go to Matthew chapter 10 and verse 32, it says, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. Now we go to Acts in, in chapter 8 and verses 29 through 38, and we've got a little bit of a story to read here. Uh, but it, it's a story about a, a man witnessing to, to somebody who has never heard the story of Jesus before. And we start in Acts 8.29, it says, Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near, and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me, and he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip, and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself, or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth, and began at the same scripture, and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized 
him. You see, he expressed his belief in Jesus Christ. And, and upon that expression, upon that confession, he received salvation from God. And this is a man, this is a perfect example of a man who has never heard the story of Jesus and who got witnessed to by a man who had already confessed his belief in Jesus. Which leads us to our, our final stopping point on the Roman road, which is Romans 10:13, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see, the qualification for salvation is simply the confession of your belief in Jesus Christ and your repentance of your sin. Your birth doesn't matter. Who you are doesn't matter. How much money you have does not matter. What you've done in your life does not matter. Even Paul himself was a murderer of Christians. He was a bounty hunter. He went after Christians for a living. And he still received salvation upon the confession of Jesus Christ as Lord. So you see, even the Ethiopian man who had never heard the story of Jesus Christ was able to receive salvation. And there are numerous stories all throughout the Bible of undeserving people receiving salvation or even just receiving the witness of the Lord. A couple of really great examples of this are Paul himself, like I just said, and also the woman at the well, and uh, another one, Nicodemus, the Pharisee. Jesus Christ himself witnessed to Nicodemus, as well as the woman at the well. So you see, if you're listening to this and you're lost, and you're wondering if, if you're worthy to be saved, and you're wondering if you have been too too evil in your in your life, and you've done too many bad things in your life to be saved, I'm telling you right now that Jesus Christ died for every single person in this world. And if you're listening right now, and you are a saved child of God, I'm telling you right now to take this Roman road, take it out into the world, and to spread it to anybody who would listen to you. And that, my friends, is the end of our Roman road. I hope to, I hope to see each and every one of you next week when we begin a series on the Apostles of Jesus Christ. Thank you very much for listening.